You can find all of our material at LRC Pod on Twitter, Living Room Champs on Instagram, and on Facebook. We have an email address that we would love emails to come into. It's called livingroomchamps at gmail.com. We also have livingroomchamps.com. Mike, just to let you know, still has not written an article for living. Roomchamps.com been on them for. I will seems not. Like I refuse to write an article until we get another email in the mailbag. Okay, well, I would is. take a spam email at That's this point. That's what I made a minute. It cannot be an email from. We know people our guests. are listening. It can't be a, another email from our guests. They've sent plenty of emails. Yeah. They're good, loyal <laughs> listeners. That's why they're on in the living room yeah. because they're loyal people that send us <laughs> emails when we ask for them. Yeah. So I expect a Christmas card from them. Anyway, Mike is with me, of course. <laughs> uh, our guest today. Both Hersing twins, the killer bees of the living room, killer D's we call them, <laughs> but they're t- identical twins. They've pulled that trick on many people. I'm not going to say whether those people were male or female, but they've used the, the twin magic here and there throughout their life. I'm sure of it. They had me duped before the show. I, I'm right. still real. Mike right. has no idea who's talking every time we talk to him, but I'll let you know. I'll try to guide the rails. Um, we got a special Halloween episode today, one of the Herzings' favorite holidays. Uh, they're notorious great costume guys. Um, and Mike <laughs> is also a big Halloween guy. He loves candy. He mm-hmm. loves ghouls and ghosts. I mean, he's on it. I'm not that big of a Halloween guy, but I play along when necessary. But I do like, tell you what I do like about Halloween, and that's Halloween Havoc. And we're going to talk today about Halloween Havoc, a specific one, Sunday, October 24th, 1993. What? That's my senior year of high school, just months away from moving on to the real world. And we were blessed with a show from WCW, Halloween Havoc. And it featured, as commentary just off the top here, Tony Schiavone, one of the greats, obviously, um, and his partner, also one of the greats, the former governor of the state of Minnesota after this, it was after this paper. And he knew personally Hubert H. Humphrey, I think. I think he's been to the Metrodome many times. <laughs> Jesse the Body Ventura is the other guy, and they did a great job. But so it's the start what, off. What the a opening, ticket that would the, be. Humphrey Ventura. Humphrey hey, Ventura, That's 88 or something. Ticket. But anyway, just to start it off, the open to this. Very good, high quality open for WCW. Had a great production crew back then. Uh, Mike, what did you think of the open to this pay per view? I mean, production quality is through the roof. Yeah, His children actors were on point. Yeah, I think Shivani. Shivani's always on his game. Creepy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looked like it might have been filmed in like Ted Turner's front. You know, it might have been his, one of his bungalows there in, sure. in Atlanta. Who knows? But the pro- I, for a second, I thought I forgot I was watching like a 1993 WCW show, and I, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I thought it was like a legit movie yeah. from that time. I mean, no, just absolutely great production quality. Shivani lures the kids in the mansion. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think he was going to show them? I don't know, movie? Dave, Darren. What do you guys think Shivani was? What was his plans with those children? <laughs> Dave, go ahead. Well, I got so when I watched that, one of the things that kind of made me think was you watch the, the, the stuff now, and there's really no live action or actors. It's always like Snickers presents WrestleMania and all this stuff, and it's like these high CGI, almost Hollywood trailer thing. 
So I kind of appreciated that intro. It was awesome. But as for Shivani, I honestly picked up like hints of him eating his wife, and he was gonna like feed the kids. The, 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 his wife. Okay. She was okay. baking. Whoa, okay. that's pretty dark to kick off a yeah. event. A, 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 a I was like, wow. But uh, yeah, that little boy, Dracula, was out of hand. So I hope Shivani Wolf got him. And the kid busted out the vintage, uh, now vintage Sting T-shirt. He was uh, dressed as Stinger. That's I love right. that. Yep. It was great. I, I love the intro. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that it's funny for for a mansion that had a real small entry. That's the first thing that I made. Talking about he's on those stairs. Guy. Those stairs had like they were like seven stairs going up to the upstairs. I was like, okay. Um, and then my first house that I had actually had a stained glass window similar to the one that Shivani was standing in front of, which oh. that brought back some memories, although I never dressed up like a weird werewolf hybrid thing. That, and, and is also his trick to get up the stairs was mind-bending. Yes, yeah. He didn't explain to the kids. They didn't know what was going on. And that kid wasn't scared. He's like, he kept demanding something scary. And then Shivani just got so mad because he tried to tell him that there was this, that what it was going to be. The yeah. scariest thing was to spin the wheel, make the deal. That didn't matter to him. No, he, no. he needed to see it for himself, and he probably ended up in that oven with his wife. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, these kids might have deserved it. Honestly, I, I mean, it was a <laughs> it was a weird open. But WCW at this point, obviously, this is pre Nitro. This is kind of like a, a downtime for WCW. They're getting smashed by WWF at this time. I mean, they're not in a competition so much as they're just a different company that people in the South mostly liked a lot. It was a Southern company from the NWA days. So um, they're in a different difficult spot now. The show kicks off then after that we get into the, the in introductions, but we get the um, Shivani dressed as Jesse the Body Ventura for Halloween. <laughs> Jesse the Body Ventura dressed as Bourbon Street's number one gynecologist, I believe is what he is what <laughs> That's right. Bourbon Street's number quickly, one, buddy. Quickly disposed of the costume where Shivani stayed in character and costume yeah. the entire show. Shivani <laughs> frequently asked Jesse what he, like, made reference to how he looked like Jesse. You know, freak, too frequently, I'll say. Far too frequently. <laughs> we get to the matches, and the first match kick gets introduced, and it just throws you for a loop right out of the gate. I mean, just just sets the tone for the rest of the set, night. Sets the tone and really gets you going that uh, this is a different time in wrestling. It's very weird and not great. And I'll tell you what, like, they introduced the Harlem Heat, but not Booker T and Stevie Ray as you know them as. But no, Cole and Kane. Later, should have been a tag team <laughs> WWF, Michael Cole and Kane, but it never happened. But Cole and Kane, the Harlem Heat, were the same people. I mean, it was Booker T and Steve Ray, but with new different names. This is pre those names. And they're tagging up with a gentleman by the name of the Equalizer, who is like a bootleg <laughs> Big John stud. Like a crush, like say, a crush, crush type guy, yeah. a biker type guy. Not anything at all. They're teaming up in a six-man. I don't know why. Why would those guys be friends? It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. They are teaming up to face a devastating tag team led by the Shockmaster. This is the only time I've ever seen him in the ring. I only ever seen him fall through a wall previous to this. Ice Train, who I remember vividly. Choo -choo. I was, yeah, The Ice Train is one of the guys that they tried as hard as anyone to make a thing. Like They wanted Ice Train to be a thing. He was a power plant graduate. They later teamed him up, if you guys remember this, I'll ask the Hershey, they might know this. 
Do you remember who they teamed him up with as Fire and Ice? Mm. I, I don't. I don't. That's a great well, question. Well, I'll tell you what. Another barrel-chested gentleman by the name of Scott <laughs> Norton. You guys probably no remember. Way. Scott Norton and Ice Train, Fire and Ice. And they tried to make him big. It was not working. A couple barrel chests just taking out jobbers on WCW Saturday Night. Norton has the biggest barrel chest. <laughs> Norton, wrestler, Norton, is one, person Norton is ever. one of the top barrel chests. You look up barrel chested in the encyclopedia, there's a picture of Scott Norton. Yeah, I mean, Scott Norton, a uh, world renowned arm wrestler. That's true. He was a big arm wrestler. Big arm wrestler. And, um, it's all chest, apparently. I mean, it's all chest. You need a lot of chest. Uh, what do you guys remember about any of these people, Dave, Darren? Do you guys remember anything about these guys other than the things I just said? Oh, also, wait, wait, wait. Before I say that, I forgot to mention, their other partner was literally a person I've never seen before or after this, and I consider myself a pretty big wrestling fan. He was a Native American gentleman by the name of Charlie Norris that I have yes. never seen, ever. Yes. Glenn, I listen. I looked him up, right? Uh, okay, we're good. Because I've been finding stuff about Charlie Norris. Please tell me you have because, some nuggets on Charlie yeah, Norris. It, I wish I did. I, I need to be a better web sleuth because, dude, everything that comes up is Chuck Norris. Chuck right? Norris, like, <laughs> and I didn't. I don't have the time to wade through that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could find some real good nuggets about Charlie Norris. All I know is, if you're going to go as a Native American professional wrestler. You need to get a better name than yeah. Charlie There's Norris. There's just no tie in there. Like, you know, all the Native Americans, obviously, we've known over the time. Chief Wahoo McDaniel, you know, guys like that. Tatanka. Tatanka. I mean, Charlie Norris, I don't even understand. I mean, not saying that Native <laughs> Americans don't have regular names, because they do. They have regular American yeah. names and stuff like that. They don't have to be named Running Cherry or anything like that. But... As a pro wrestler, you're usually trying to hype that like up. I mean, especially at this time, they're playing into uh, race oh. and xenophobia, and everything. I mean, they're eat they're eating it up with a spoon at this point. That's what this is about. It's all about <laughs> race based gimmicks and whatnot. I mean, that's what's going on in 1993. And uh, Charlie Norris, Mike just pulled a little bit of a wrestle wrestling whip Wikipedia about him. Mike, what do we find out here? Basically nothing. He was in WCW in 1993. He was in a couple indies, but that's, I mean. It says here he spent the majority of his career in Minnesota-based Pro Wrestling America, PWA. Yeah. Five-time heavyweight champion yeah. in PWA. I mean, that's pretty well, impressive. He's in WCW for a reason, right? Obviously, he had success in, in, in the yeah, I mean, he's Minnesota was like a feeding system to the to these companies back then. As you got you know, the Herdings definitely know. I mean, that's where Rick Rude came from, Ventura. Flair, Mean Gene, mm -hmm. Bischoff, all those guys are W or Minnesota kind of people. So obviously one of them, like Charlie Norris, is probably a friend of like Rick Rude. And he was like, you should give Charlie a shot. And they're like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Bring him in. What's his gimmick? Oh, he's a Native American. Like he's like probably a real Native American, I'm assuming, and that's why he did it. But no, Len, he, Len, he is. I'm I'm reading about him now. I, I noticed there was a hyperlink to him on an article that I just I pulled up while you were talking. I was trying to dig to see if I could find anything else. He currently resides on the Red Lake Indian Reservation and works as a personal trainer at the gym in Red Lake. Well, I'll tell you what, I thought so, we might just found we're just a lot of the websites on Norse. Really interesting note here from 1994. 
this is uh, on a website that doesn't care so much about spelling, but it says Charlie Norris <laughs> filed a lawsuit against WCW for racial stereotyping. Uh, uh, lawsuit. Oh, oh, lawsuit. That's in the lower courts. That's when you file a lawsuit yeah. at the lower <laughs> level. Right. A lawsuit. Yeah. And, uh, lawsuit. I don't know what happened to it. There's no. Um, there's no. No yeah, outcome. No outcome. We'll have to look at the docket sheets. In August one. 6, 2000. Stanislaw mm-hmm. County Fair in California, Charlie Norris defeated Doink. And I'll, I'll tell you one oh. thing. I All guarantee right. it wasn't the real Doink. It was someone dressed up as Doink that lives in Turlock, California. That's 100% guarantees. You'd be, you'd be happy to know his last well, match. You, hey, Len, I'm going to tell you something else a little interesting nugget about Charlie This is probably the most anybody's talked about Charlie Norris in 10 well, years. I'm going to tag him in this for sure on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's got a big Twitter tag, presence. You'll be, Charlie. you'll be happy to know old Charlie wrestled his last match. on. Uh, we're coming up on the anniversary, November uh-huh. 4th, 2000, at Grumpy's in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. That's right. Sweet. And this is a, this is a big match. Job, this is a big tag match. He teamed up with Nick Mondo to beat Prime Time and Hellraiser Guts. <laughs> Hellraiser Guts is this guy's name. All right, we're getting off this match. It's a terrible match. It's whatever. Um, Actually, I do want to comment before okay, we Okay, real quick. Yeah, Shockmaster. Mike has a great story about Shockmaster. I'm the Shockmaster. Uh, you know, we're all familiar with him, you know, what, falling through the wall with a spray-painted Stormtrooper yeah. uh, helmet on. As the, as the introduction to the Shockmaster, but in this match, I was shocked and, and su- pleasantly surprised. First of all, his gimmick changed to, I think, that of an electrician. Electrician, <laughs> he had work he had, boots he on. Had, yeah, he had work boots, he had a white hard hat. Uh, he came out, he gets he gets tagged into this match, Ice Train tags him in, he comes in, looks amazing, honestly. Yeah, looks good. Shivani, fire. Shivani comments on how agile he, he is. Ventura immediately, well, I don't know. He looks good now, Shivani. He's like, outside the ring, he's like, I don't know. I watched him spill grapes on you the other day. Spill grapes? <laughs> he said he spilled grapes on you. He tripped over the, the ring apron, what he said. He ran through a screen. Fall through the screen. Through a screen. <laughs> he said he's a danger to children. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. It was great. He said the first thing he's like, he's watched him spill grapes on you the other day. He's like, what the fuck? Shockmaster, though. Shockmaster is a real hidden gem. I mean, yeah, obviously the Shockmaster is a guy that we all know and we'll have to talk about. I mean, we've heard about a million times in our life. And so anyway, he was there. Um, Up next, we had honestly a match between two legends, absolutely legends. Um, You know, one of them we lost earlier this year, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. He was managed by the Assassin in this. The Assassin had easily the tightest mask I've ever seen on in my whole life. I don't know how he could possibly breathe. I don't know how he could possibly breathe. See that old mask. Yeah, and he was, they took on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Orndorff won by count. Now you guys, I know you guys, Herzings, you guys know a bunch about Orndorff and Steamboat. What do you think about those two just in general? This is a big match. Uh, Hey, I really enjoyed that match. Both those guys, honestly, that was one of my favorite matches of of Halloween Havoc 93. Yeah, this is a legit Um, match, actually. Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, you know, Steamboat looked great. So did Orndorff. Um, You know, I remember actually, this was years ago, I remember explaining to somebody about Paul Orndorff how good he was. Yeah. And how, I mean, back in the day, buddy, he was 
one of the number one heels. Oh, he was the top um, guy. I mean, he was Hogan's top rival at times. He was yeah, way unbelievable. Top. And then, and then I actually, uh, while I was watching it, um, I, I, I remember the conversation talking to this guy a while, like I said a while back, to explain it to him about how he got hurt wrestling Hogan and he had nerve damage, and that's why his, his right arm, his right bicep, was smaller than his left bicep. Like if you look at Paul Orndorff, there's a big difference in his right and his left arm. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely, that. and that's yeah, that's you can definitely tell uh, later when he's uh, probably well even here, but like later on when he was still wrestling, you know, a few years past when Nitro's on, you could see his his left arm, I think it was, or whichever arm's smaller. I mean, it was like you know, just like my arm or something, and then his other <laughs> yeah, arm was like all jacked difference. up, you know. My arm's not yeah. jacked up, spoiler alert to anybody that's never seen me before. My arms are not no. jacked up. They're very plain. I don't lift weights. but Well, and hey, Len, remember meeting Paul Orndorff. He, he mm -hmm. actually, of all the people that we met when we went to, Wrestle, when we went to WrestleMania, yeah. if you remember, I was as excited to meet him as anybody, and yes. I told him that. I said, when I was a kid, I loved Paul Orndorff, and Darren and I, we used to give pile drivers like nobody's business. Oh man, pile driver was I pile drived a kid on a cement on right on the concrete one time, and uh, his dad was not happy about it. I'll tell you that he came out and he was not happy. <laughs> dangerous at all. move. Yeah, dangerous very dangerous. But, uh, but all in all, a great match. I mean, it really was. The, the count out was a little odd, but but yeah. other than that, it was a great match. Yeah, strange way to end it. I think, and during the first match, they said that actually it was supposed to be Steamboat first, a Japanese wrestler. I can't remember what his name was, but for some reason, Orndorff was replacing him. I'm not exactly, I, I can't remember, but he did, so they did say that at some time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this is actually two high quality wrestlers. There's not a lot of jokes to make, other than, like I said, the assassin's face, his mask, I mean, his luchador mask, whatever you want to call it. There, it was from he when he wrestled. Like clearly, a little coat I'm pretty sure it was from when he, from when he wrestled, is, and he had wrestled in like 30 years or something because it was so tight. What's he all about? What's he assassin? The assassin's just one of. He's just an other old than school. his sorted past. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, the, if you looked up the assassin on Wikipedia, you'd probably get there's probably 500 of them. You know what I mean? So you'd never be able to know. But that, I don't remember which one this what one they, was. They were like a tag team or something. Yes, there was they? a tag like, team. Yes, there was tag team the assassins. Um, there was also like you know guys that went on to be something else that was like the assassin i don't remember which i don't remember who this guy is to be honest with you but um he's he's a large gentleman let's just put it that way he's a heavy guy he's got this suit coat on and it's it's struggling but that mask i mean that, <laughs> that baby uh, was struggling here we go yeah I, I should know this jr said this guy's name so many times I should know it. i might just pull it up the assassin jody hamilton was his name wrestled from the 60s oh. to the 80s um, in a tag team, the Assassins. That actually, like, mm. very well respected, and he was, a, you know, he was a big time guy back in the day. Um, <clears throat> there was a bunch of different guys that played the other Assassins, including one of my favorites from the '80s, Hercules Hernandez, was one time an Assassin. So I like that. Oh, okay, that's a nice nugget. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. oh. He would definitely look, his body type much different than that version of the Assassin. <clears throat> That version of the assassin looks like the heart attack. It says here he that was, that version of the team lasted until Hernandez was unmasked after losing to Jimmy Valiant in a mask versus hair match at Maple Se Maple Leaf Wrestling Show in Toronto in 1984. You ain't taking Jimmy Valiant's hair. Yeah, no. no way. You can't cut There's, shit boogie woogie man. Let, too let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is Ricky Steamboat one of the most underrated wrestlers in the history of the game? Yeah, what do you think about that? What do you think, Darren? Or is he overrated? I, I, I'm, listen, I didn't want to, I think he's overrated. And oh, the reason, oh, I, okay. I, 
Yeah, I think he's tremendously overrated. Okay. I watched that match again, and 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 I sat there, and as a kid, I used I thought, oh man, you know, Steamboat, you know, him and like Tito Santana and guys like that would fly around and mm -hmm. this and that, and then I'm like, wow, he didn't really do a whole lot. Like I, <laughs> I wasn't overly like I wasn't overly impressed. Whereas when I watched Flair and, and Rude. You know, even when I watched Regal and 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 David Boy Smith and, and the upcoming matches, like the like for me, Steamboat just didn't hold up. Like I, I'm not sure why, or maybe it was down. He just got on the top rope. That was his thing. Well, he I got can, on. Yeah. He got yeah, on. Yeah. He just got up high. I can understand that for sure because you we compare it. We just tend to compare it to what's what's recent. And obviously now guys are so doing so much crazy stuff athletically yeah. i mean it's like what what we considered high flying back then is literally stuff that like i mean freaking uh drew mcintyre does more than those guys did you know yeah. as far as athleticism yeah. at this point so it's breathing never, fire though but impressive yeah. if you ever watch i mean you when you watch steamboat savage from wrestlemania 5 i believe it is yeah, or, Ste or steamboat flair um from night of the champions you're, it's not it's not impressive in the high flying manner, but as far as technical wrestling, those guys could were were amazing, and that's what really was happening back then. Either technical wrestling or big big bruisers, and um, mm -hmm. so you never. I, I don't know that we really ever got to see what Steamboat potentially could have been if he was in there with other guys. But when he was in there with like say Savage, I mean Savage and him put on a, a clinic, probably one of the greatest matches ever ever performed, and it was because. Yeah, Savage could go with him, and they could, you know what I mean? They were fast and quick yeah. and athletic. Same with Flair, yeah. He's like a poor man Savage. Right, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm a big Steamboat guy. I, never, I, don't, I think he's properly rated, in my opinion. I think okay. he's, he's like, um, a very well-respected wrestler, and he's he's pretty high up the list, but he's not like a top ten guy or anything like that. But he's, you know, a guy that everyone, if you ask another wrestler, I promise you they all probably uh, idolize Steamboat for sure, and have a lot of respect for him. Upper mid card guy. Yeah, absolutely. Intercontinental champion. Perfect Intercontinental champion. Yeah, absolutely. And he had that kimono dragon he could bring out when he needed to. He had to hold that <laughs> gas yeah, in his absolutely. mouth when he blew. When he breathed that fire when he came in. That's, <laughs> that's not. A, that's that's not easy. He recovered. That's after he recovered from having his larynx crushed by Macho Man Randy Savage with a ring bell. I mean, it was, he couldn't even talk. Well, that's would, that, that <laughs> ring bell, man. Yeah. That's a they would go out. They would go out to Hawaii, sit down with him for an interview, and he, he could barely even hear him. I mean, he was like. <sighs> <laughs> it was tough, man. It was a big injury. So, I mean, <laughs> Steamboat's a resilient character, man. He's a resilient guy. But then, like, moving on, rated. Moving on with the card. Rated. I got him properly rated. <laughs> Mo moving on with the card. Up next, as uh, Darren just mentioned, a really good match. A classic TV title match, I believe it was, which is, um, you know, right where these guys slotted in, kind of, in WCW. And it was the champ, Lord William Regal. Uh, and he was managed at the time by Sir William, a uh, gentleman that looks exactly like you would think he'd look like when I said his name right there. And then he took on uh, the British Bulldog, the, the Corn Road British Bulldog, the Venus Williams hairstyle uh, British Bulldog with little beads in there. I like this Bulldog. Uh -huh. you know, pretty gassed up, looks good. Him going one-on-one -on -one with Regal and... It was it was a really good match. I mean, we're, it's on right now in the background. Actually, me and Mike are looking at it, and it was good. Referee Richard Pee Wee Anderson, one of the classic WCW refs. Uh, <laughs> Listen, this pay per view is an all time classic for refs. Yes, yeah. Randy Anderson, as you just mentioned, 
Yeah, Nick Patrick. Of course, Nick Patrick. Little Nate's was no. Yeah, there's some other blonde-haired guy that looked kind of. Like, I can't remember what other restaurant. Yeah, the most took the yeah, yeah, Anderson and Patrick are. Who has better hair, Randy Anderson or, or Nick Patrick? I think I like Nick Patrick. He had flow. Nick Patrick yeah. got a little bit of flow. Randy Anderson's got that yeah, kind of Jerry flow. Curl style. Yeah, like <laughs> Randy Anderson has a little Jerry Curl like in the Mini back. Sid Vicious. Little yeah. mullet. Little mullet. Yeah, it's like Sid Vicious exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of these two, Regal and uh, Davy Boy? What do you have? To, what do you, what's your thoughts on them, Dave? Listen, I I I'm, I'm stealing Dave's. Okay, thing. Darren's this, in. This is when this is when the the pay per view got really really good for me. Yeah. And growing up. Growing up, I wasn't a huge fan of either of these guys at all. Like, I liked the British Bulldogs, but I did not like... I, I mean, if you'd asked me, you know, 15 years ago, if I liked William Regal, I wouldn't have said, yeah, I've been like, ah, well, I guess. So watching this match and how he completely owned that the aristocratic, I'm better than you, smirk, and oh. just his face and his, like... His left arm all crooked, and like <laughs> the British guy had the umbrella and like the bowler that other hand like, behind the back, yeah. like it's the best. Yeah, the best. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was it was so funny, and the the commentary with Shivani and and uh, Jesse the Body during this match was great for me too because he kept calling the British bulldog a muscle man. <laughs> <laughs> Steve I've never heard I mean, anybody Vin- call Vin- any of those guys muscle man. Ventura is so good. Like ten times during the match, I laughed. I was like, oh my god, the body's so great. Oh my god, he's so good. He's so good. And yeah, I agree with you about Regal. I mean, the the look on his face, and I've always thought this, and then people have said it as well. That's probably where I heard. I don't know, but he always looked like he just smelled something terrible. All the time, <laughs> and it's like the best face. It's literally perfect. And I like was you there? Disgusted. When I, at the time in 1993 and before that, when I would see William Regal or Stephen Regal, whatever name he was using at the time, he all I I literally hated him. And it, and and he, I thought he was a, like a bad wrestler. I was dead wrong. He's a fantastic wrestler, but I thought he was a bad wrestler. I always was like, why would this guy get the title? Why would this guy beat so and so? You know. And I just didn't understand yeah. at that time that how great a heel like like how important a heel like him is to wrestling and how freaking <laughs> good he was at it. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just a perfect heel. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, Len. Uh, I'm wa- I watched this match and it reminded me why I like Marcel Bartel right now. Uh, I think he gives me similar vibes <laughs> in NXT, Dave and I don't know, I don't know if you know Marcel Bartel. He's an Imperium. Yeah, no he's, big deal. It's part of the tag champs now after Halloween Havoc too. That's right, but he's got the same oh. vibe. He just carries himself in a similar way as Regal. I feel like you it. might be right because I hate Marcel Bartel. Exactly. <laughs> maybe it's working. Exactly. As maybe we're taking twenty years to like him. Exactly. Twenty years from now, I'll be like, you know, it's yeah. underrated. Marcel Bartel. It's People a slow, like, gro- it's a slow growth stock. Slow growth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but this is a good one. Um, like I said, this this one goes to a 15 minute time limit draw, which is a classic, classic <laughs> move back in the 80s. You never see that anymore. But no. I'll tell you what, a classic 15 minute time limit draw between these two. You, neither guy can Look just. Look at get, how agile Randy Anderson is. Yeah, right? he's all over the ring. what? I've watched. I, I've watched. We've all watched a ton of wrestling matches. And never once have I seen the draw hand signal that was done. Like it was like it, it was like out of those. You know when you learn the rules of a sport. <laughs> yeah, like ref referee do. book. Yeah. Like, 
the referee book. Okay, this is the move for this. And the ref just busted out. I don't know whether he made it up on the spot or whether like that is the actual draw hand signal. <laughs> but when, when that dude busted that out, now you had to be curious. The body was so the body was so impressed with with the right call too. Body. <laughs> oh yeah, body was like, look, you can see right here, it's a one, it's a two, and right there, the time moment's up. Uh, Randy Anderson got it right. You know, he, he always gets it right. He yeah. always gets it right. Randy Anderson's a pro. It's just like his hair every day. Gets it right. <laughs> every every day. But yeah, this is a good one. It's a classic. It's just a classic uh, TV title match. Um, love the TV. Bella, big TV title. I, I'm telling you, back always then, have been. especially back then when I, I've said this before on the square sofa, but. In back in the day when I was just you know becoming a huge wrestling fan, and I was home, I always watched WWF. I loved Hogan or, or X, so and so on. However, when I would go to my dad's on the weekends, he doesn't live in the South or anything. He literally lives north in Smithport, Pennsylvania. But I would go there, and he was always a WCW Saturday Night guy, always. So every Saturday night, six oh five, we would watch it. And I loved the television title back then. It was like Magnum TA was often the holder of it. Um, you know, and I've, I'm, I've just been, a, I was a big fan ever since. I just think it's a great idea, and I'm actually very, very disappointed that they've never really used it in WWE. I think kind of the TNT title in AEW is probably a similar concept now, but I just wish it was a TV title. You know, <clears throat> one thing, <clears throat> one thing we haven't talked about yet, Len, is uh, Eric Bischoff's costume in this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. General I forgot. Custer. General Custer, yeah. That's right. That's right, buddy. Bischoff, a backstage announcer at this point in his career, just uh -huh. a couple years from put turning the wrestling world on its uh, ear yeah. with the thought. little show, Monday Nitro, where he gets steps behind that announcer's desk and takes the lead in one of the most important things of all time in wrestling, the New World Order. Bischoff, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable rise to the ranks uh, of uh -huh. WCW. So. Also a highlight, I believe it was after this match as well, they show a shot in the audience of, of uh, some girl wearing like a, a ghoul mask, like similar to almost like what Shivani was wearing in his house. <laughs> <laughs> they paid away and Ventura is like, hey, Shivani, I didn't know your wife was here. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else is awesome. There's three guys, particularly, that get tons of TV time on the pay-per-view. One guy has a wicked uh, teal and pink windbreaker. If you watch that, you you will see that guy. I see him right now. We're, we're looking I see at him right now. now. Dude, he's on it. He's on it more than anybody. Yeah, like, he's, think, he's, he's, hard the, the, he's on hard cam yeah. side, guys. That's the seat you want. You pay big bucks. But, I don't know what right. they paid back then, but right now you'd pay a lot of money to get a hard cam See, front row seat. I, I wish they had. I actually wish they had old ads. I know these are pay, this is a pay per view, so yeah. they don't have any ads, but I wish that they had those on the network. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be great. So anyway, that, that one guy beside Pink Windbreaker guy keeps flexing. He leans over the <laughs> over the rail. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Those three idiots. I wonder what those dudes are doing. I'd love uh, to know. It would be great. That's a, I'd love to know that as well. Maybe they are <laughs> listeners to the Living Room Champs. This whole, well, show, is is 90s, sure so this whole show is 90s in a nutshell. Yeah, this is hey, a Speaking of, speaking of, speaking more listeners, by the way. That's right. Speaking of 1990s in a nutshell, the ring announcer for this show, for a lot of the big championship matches, is none other 
than Michael freaking What a drummer. What is happening? Dude, unreal. Uh, unreal. It was easier to get back then. The best thing about Bufferness is when he like when he introduces them to the ring, like because he like says their weight and stuff, but he's like really bad at it. It's nothing like a wrestling announcing. It's like uh, he's announcing a boxer, which kind of makes it interesting. Uh, there's General Custer Bischoff <laughs> as we speak, standing in front of the infamous wheel, spinning the wheel, make the deal. Make the fact that Michael deal. Buffer was introducing the Nasty Boys and yes. Shockmaster in a the show is, is amazing. It's the best. So it's up next, out right after. Uh, that TV title match, we go right in to a United States title match, and you guys will recognize these names too. A couple big, big players in wrestling going forward. One, the future gold dust, Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> and he wins to keep the United States title over the young man you guys might know, might know the name, Steve Austin, stunning Steve Austin at this point. Just <laughs> years, Hollywood boy, couple buddy. years from being Stone Cold Steve Austin, literally the biggest thing probably in all of wrestling history, if not Hogan. I mean, it's so close, but like Stone Cold is so enormous, and he is just like, he's a good wrestler here, but it's just you've never seen any signs like this guy is going to take over the fucking world. You know what I mean? It's like nuts. You know, I'll tell you what was interesting. After the match, when Austin Pearl Harbor him with the belt, he hit Rhodes with yeah. the belt. Oh, bad, right? well, bad. You ever, like, yeah, well, yeah, well, it's funny, though. It, and you, I've seen Austin do similar moves like that yeah. a thousand times because we watched all of his matches. And it's so funny to see Austin with that blonde hair yeah. doing that stuff because you're—it's just shocking. That hair I mean, we is all so knew, great. We all knew that he what, where he came from, but like it's still startling to see him with that hair. And that hair is horrible. It's so it's jarring. It's, it's a little jarring. Part. You know, yeah, the, there's one point in the match, and I agree with you so much. But there's one point in the match where they go outside the ring, and he turns and and yells something to a fan, and it's like. That's Stone Cold. That's Stone Cold. Like, if you and, shut your eyes, it's like, that's him. You know what I mean? But just look at him with yep. his hair and shit. And, and no that's main, like Davis said about the, the chair or the belt shot. He still threw the belt shot exactly like exactly that. Exactly like Stone he Cold. always threw from yeah. behind. Like yeah. He came through and he like landed on his knees. Kind of like, Rose like, went the other way. Yeah. Somehow. It was like always like yeah. the same kind of way. Um, and someone had a sign right there that said, Stunning Steve Austin is the wrestler of the 90s. Little did he wow, know that that a... guy right there, poor wow. the future, that's the fucking best sign that's ever been made. The most accurate sign kind of I've ever had. He's kind of got a bowl cut going on. It looks yeah, like. that haircut is bad. There's no doubt about oh, it. My. The match is pretty yeah. good. Um, Dustin Rhodes, one of my favorite things about this match is when he comes in, he's got some chaps on, as yeah. usual. They're, they're bedazzled. They're bedazzled. And just see the body says that he's a gay caballero and he'd like to see him wear those chaps to Texas. I mean, are you serious? What is going on? That's what he's, that that's right there is when he says Shivani through white fear. I mean, when I heard Ventura say that, I was just like, wow. Like, I mean, just listen to this. Well, no, they play him up from being from Texas here, yeah. but they don't play up stunning Steve Austin from Texas right. being yeah. from Hollywood, no, California. No, <laughs> this is a classic Texas. This is a Texans wet yeah. dream. Stunning Steve w was from yeah. Hollywood, California, yeah. though, at this point. But he did. I like when he did the little film, like filming the camera after he beat someone down a little bit. That was a nice little hand move yeah. movement. But anyway, this match goes back and forth pretty solid. Uh, it's Rhodes winning this match to retain the title. 
Uh, but Stone Cold Steve Austin is just a couple years away. So this, this he's probably just so pissed right now. Like, I'm still a Hollywood blonde. It really isn't me. But just a couple years later, he's going to have $100 million in his bank account or something stupid. <laughs> Colonel, with Colonel Parker? Where's Colonel Parker at? Is Colonel Parker out there for Stunning Steve? They, they just said, said, yeah, they said, said his name to say. Yeah, he's Colonel not out Parker. there. Out but there. Dustin, obviously, a great career as well, still going in AEW. And I, he just had a match with Daniel Bryan last week or two weeks ago. And, um, well, Bryan Danielson now, but Daniel Bryan. They had a match, and honestly, it was really good. I mean, Dustin Rhodes, I will say this. I hated him back then, too. Not for the same reason as Regal, because, but just because I just didn't like him. I just never had anything for him. But after he was gold dust and going forward, I just think I learned a lot of respect for Dustin. He's kind of admired and, his longevity. Yeah, that. and he's, all, he's still really good. Like, he can still have a really solid match right now, which is very impressive to me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I just said another little fun story about him, just real quick. I went, I attended SummerSlam '95, okay, uh, in the igloo in Pittsburgh. We were seated pretty high up, but like where our seats were, it was like uh, parallel with the where the wrestlers came in the entranceway, and you could see down behind the door, like kind of behind the entrance. So you could see guys just milling back there just a tiny bit, kind of like what you would, they would call the gorilla position now. Okay? But I don't think it was necessarily set up like that then. It was just a little tiny spot, but you could see some people down there. Now, I attended this with a couple of my best friends, Rick Keel, and you guys know him, and Rich Allen, who Rich Allen later went on to become one of the best independent referees in wrestling in this western Pennsylvania area. I would say that was... Full honesty, great referee. And um, at the time, he was a just a humongous wrestling fan and really a dirt sheet guy. Like he used to get Meltzer's uh, newsletter back then in like '93. He was a new, he was ahead of the curve. All you know, you guys know how knowledgeable he is about oh, wrestling. Yeah. And he, we we're standing there at our seats. This is pre Goldust. Goldust has not even debuted. No vignettes for him. Nothing yet. And Dustin Rhodes just comes up behind the, he doesn't have a match, he's just standing behind that where we can see behind him. And freaking Rich Allen yells down, Gold Dust! And he look, he whips his neck up around and looked up at us so quick. And like within a matter of weeks, he was Gold Dust on TV. It was amazing. It was like one of the most amazing things, like uh, as a wrestling off, fan. Off of it. Yeah, because I was never. So the dirt sheet said this guy's going to become Gold he, Dust. Yeah, they said, like Meltzer knew that Dustin Rhodes was going to debut as Gold Dust. And, and, and like probably that was in August of 95, probably in like September, I bet, or, or something is when he debuted or something like that, relatively soon after that. But it was pretty cool. It was just a cool thing. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So up next, we got a tag title match. And this one featured one of the most infamous tag teams of the 90s, the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, Hulk Hogan's real-life right-hand men. And they're managed by Missy Hyatt, who decided to go with a real short haircut, which I was not a fan of back in 93 nor am I now. She looked much better with longer hair. Very beautiful woman. And they took on the brand new tag team champs who were just crowned the night before on WCW Saturday Night. An interesting pairing. Marcus Bagwell, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, later to be known obviously as Buff Bagwell, later Stop. to be a gigolo. But anyway, he was teaming up with a guy that I consider one of the most underrated wrestlers of my life. 
and never really got the, the due that he deserved, his tag partner, Two Cold Scorpio. They were also managed by one of the greatest managers in my, my lifetime and a guy that I met down at, uh, we met again down in Florida when we went to WrestleMania, Teddy Long, and they, they wrestled for the WCW tag titles in uh, 93. What do you guys think about this matchup? What do you think? <laughs> this one, this one, I, so the Nasty Boys, when, when they came out, it was funny. I hadn't thought about the Nasty Boys in a while. Right. In a, in a long time. And they came out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, in my mind, like, when I think Nasty Boys, I'm not sure why, but I just think, wow, these guys are nowhere near. I, 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 I think they wanted to be, like, the Dudley Boys or something. Pre-Dudley they Boys. Were pre-Dudley but they Boys, never, but yeah. I don't know what they, they yeah, were exactly. I don't know what they were trying to be. But it just didn't work. Like but, I never liked them. Yeah, they were terrible. <laughs> well, they but, like, wanted to be like, like punks. Yeah, they, I don't like, know what they were trying to be. Like, like they were edgy. I don't know what they were. Bikers, maybe. Like I'm not sure exactly what it Couple was. Couple of middle aged guys pretending to be Hulk Hogan, hammered. Yeah, but I'm not sure what was going on. The but, Nasty but, Boys is a great name for them. I'll say that. It, it na- is. It's perfect yeah. name for them. The most interesting thing about them was their in ring attire. Boys. They'd be canceled so yeah. quickly. That if it hadn't been canceled yet, I feel like they'd be an easy can- getting oh, canceled yeah. candidate. Yeah, the, the Nasty Boys were not. I mean, it was weird. They were around a hell of a long time, though. And they were they had multiple oh, tag yeah. time champs. They held them yep. in WWE. They held them in. They, they've been, they were around a ton of time. And I, what I always last remember um, Knobs from is probably whenever he'd like come over to Hogan's on Hogan Knows yeah, Best. That exactly. He would just come over to his flip flops and just, hey, what's up, Hogan? It's funny. Dude, it's funny, like D said he hadn't thought of the Nasty Boys. It's funny, when I think of the Nasty Boys, I just, and I realize Sags is there with, it's not, I real, I completely understand that he's there, but like, in my mind, I just view Knobs as the face of the Nasty Boys. Absolutely. Because oh, it's he's, he yeah. is the Shawn Michaels of the Nasty Boys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Knobs is the Jenny. I mean, it's always the blonde that gets goes on to bigger and better things, although neither of these guys went on to bigger and better things. But, Knobs is the face for sure. Sags is just a tag along asshole that you're like, okay, whatever, buddy. <laughs> this this team, I can't believe the success that that team had, and no, I, it just it yeah. really highlighted the fact of the difference between wrestling in 1993, in-ring wrestling, and wrestling in 2021. Now, I wish they if they made a Nasty Boys. Autobiography. I would read that shit. I guarantee it would be so entertaining. It probably would you know be they, good. You know they got some stories. It probably would see be it on your faces. Sags has a tattoo on his arm that just says Sag S A G with skull and crossbones under it. Look at Nod. It looks like he's someone did that in the back. So anyway, this is a terrible match. The Nasty Boys get the tag belts back. Bagwell and Scorpio, short-lived tag team, I think. I don't know how much longer they went, but they had absolutely matching tights. They went out. As soon as they won those tag titles the night before, they bought, they got some matching tights made, <laughs> Halloween colors and everything. They did a synchronized dance at the beginning of this match. I mean, can Teddy Long's got a do-rag on. I love Teddy Long. He later, I'm sorry, earlier than this, managed one of my favorite, and in my opinion, one of the best tag teams ever created, Doom, in, in uh, WCW, I love Doom so much. Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, but Two Cold Scorpio, I love me underrated. Two Cold Scorpio, yeah. one of the most underrated talents in my opinion. 
in, ahead of his time in, in, his, in history, way ahead of his time. He was great everywhere he went. And I don't know, did you, did any of you guys watch the Dark Side of the Ring on like the Collision in North Korea? That one? Did anybody watch that episode? Huh? No. Okay, well, there's one on, it's this, from earlier this season, they broke this season into two parts. The spring, they had a season, like seven episodes or something. One of them was Collision North Korea, and I don't remember what year it was, but around here, they took some guys and they went over to North Korea for a wrestling show. Like, literally to North Korea. This is crazy to think about. But they went over there, and there's a bunch of guys featured in it. And they, they talk about how terrible it was and how like scared they were and all this stuff and they wanted out of there so bad. It was really crazy. So it's a good episode. I, I recommend watching it because I've never heard of this before. But two of the guys featured on the, the documentary that speak the most is Too Cold Scorpio and... Brian Scott, Knox. Nope. Scott Norton. <laughs> Barrel chest himself. Oh Scott Norton was there. I bet Kim Jong Un loves Scott Norton, doesn't he? Yeah, Scott Orton. Scott Norton. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, he was he was the star of the show. You watch it. Scott Norton comes off very well, and he's honest. He's like. He's like thinks these people are gonna kill him. He was scared shitless, and like he was like, I just wanted to get the hell out of there. Like they interview me, just see his chest. Like they can't even get his head in the shot. His chest is so damn big. His chest too big. <laughs> but honestly, it's worth watching. And Too Cold tells a story about how he was gonna beat the shit out of Hawk of the Road Warriors on the story. I think people didn't believe it. They they thought like Hawk could kick the shit up, whatever. I don't know. But like Did they go to the DMZ or what? You I, you have to watch it. I mean it was it was months ago. Now I can't tell you where I don't know what happened, exactly how they got P. there. Young Yang. It's a big yeah, it's a big story, but it Bischoff's on it. I mean, it's a legit... I never even knew this event took place. But it's pretty interesting because you don't find a lot of stuff you've never heard of before. That's one of them. So, anyway, Nasty Boys win the belts. Up next, a couple... I mean, this low, this card in name value alone is loaded. I'm just going to tell you that. This next match is huge stakes. It's for... To find out who's the franchise of WCW. That's what we're going to find out here. And it's Sting, who I would say probably most people actually considered the franchise of WCW from here for a long time. And he defeated a guy that I don't think anybody's ever considered the franchise of WCW. But one of my one of my favorite guys to watch back in that day. And that's Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious. I mean, Sid Vicious was awesome. What do you guys remember about Vicious, Dave? There, whoever wants to take it. Dude, Vicious was awesome. The one thing I remembered about Vicious, it, he sold his promos so well. Oh my God, he like, was a lunatic. The intent, yes, he was. That's I mean, and his name suited him so well. Like he went from zero to sixty in his promos, and it, and it was when I was a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, like look at this guy. And he was just he looked the part. He was I mean, he's just a massive guy. Oh yeah, huge he, guy. He, he, yeah. You know, and he, and he was put together. I mean, he too. was yeah. He oh, he was good. I love Vicious. Yeah. I think Vicious yeah. was so good. He's he scared the shit out of you. We'll talk yeah. about our scariest wrestlers later. Again, makes probably see this probably won't make the list, but I'll tell you what, he was a scary dude as far as just like when he said he he's the ruler of the world. And when he used to say he was the ruler <laughs> of the world. Was the best. He's the ruler of the world. Amazing. It was great. And also his action was, figures were always like bigger. Yeah. I always remember I had a Sid Vicious action figure. I we I always liked him. I always, yeah. His hair. He had the armor daughter. Harry, great blonde, I mean, curly style back then. He was the man. He and had also, everything. you know, what he had he had. I think before anybody, I remember maybe not the first guy, but like the first guy that sticks in my head always when I think about it, is a power bomb. 
is Sid Vicious. Absolutely. When he would hit that power bomb, it was so impressive. And I don't really devastating that. Yeah, I don't remember people doing before that. They may have, but like that's who I always yeah. place with the power bomb. I think underrated. You're right. And his again, promos, he's managed by Colonel amazing. Robert Parker as well. Colonel Robert Colonel Parker. Robert Parker. Busy had a night. Life. Busy night for Parker. I mean, he's out here and he had a big, big role in this match. He makes a huge mistake. Nick Nick Patrick doing this match with a straight mustache, a real questionable furry mustache there for for uh, Patrick, but Sting, uh, spoiler alert, Sting is the franchise of WCW. Well, that's because he won this match. <laughs> He's going to win this match, and that's how why he became the franchise. This is what happened. Point. This was for all the mortals. We weren't kidding. Vicious had to later move on. His leg got snapped in half when he jumped off the top rope to try to land a kick for some reason. His leg snapped like a twig. One of the worst things you'll ever see in wrestling. <laughs> that was Taz, Taz, right? Or, uh, or no, who, who was it that... Uh, I don't remember who he was wrestling, but he went off to land a big boot off the top rope, second rope, which has literally never been a move. I don't know who, why he decided to try to give a big boot off the rope. And his leg, land leg, just snapped right in half. Yeah. Gruesome. Oh. Gruesome. Disgusting. Not, not something you want to watch. Unfortunately. Now, next up, we got a classic. Look at between, it. He sells it so well. Yeah, we, we got a classic between two of the best guys. Honestly, these guys are great, great all-time greats. But... Before this match took place, Shivani made a real weird explanation <laughs> how the Rick Rude was holding Rick Rude at this point was holding the the gold belt, they were calling it, the gold belt. And it was the world Not title the as far as belt. I'm concerned. I was as far as I'm title I can remember it was the world title. He's holding this and he said that WCW board of directors have looked into it and they've made a ruling that this is a world title. So Rude's going to be defending again if he can hold on to it. Rude's going to be defending it on their tour of Europe because it is, in fact, world title. I have no idea what any of this means. What the fuck was going on at this point? Do you guys know? I've never heard of any such a thing. This was the world title. Like I don't. It's it's listed on his website as WCW International World Heavyweight Championship, which I don't think that's true. But that's what it says on this website. It was a weird explanation, but a great match. Rude versus Flair. Um, each of you, Herzings, take one of these two and just give me your thoughts on them. Flair or Rude? Well, D, you take Rude, and you know the reason why. About Tell when about Rude. Oh. What? What about it? one? Th the one thing you want to do for Halloween? For you. oh yeah yeah. So yeah, for for the longest time, I've tried. So Mikey, you might not know this, but but and Len kind of said it earlier to start the show. Len's not a big cosplayer guy. No. D and I are huge. These guys and are like all time cosplayers. I would oh, yeah. love it so much if you could just get a group of guys to go out as. A bunch of wrestling. Okay. Right. How fun would it be just to go out, you know, have some fun at the bars? It, it all stay in character all night long as you're wrestling. It like, would be a lot of fun for I, sure. Me and uh -huh. I have come up with like 15 different versions of something for Len to be, and Len shuts it down every time, right? <laughs> but by my dream to go out of the bar and to call everybody sweat hogs all night would That's be Rick That is great. It would be the greatest thing to put those tights on. I contacted I contacted a guy to airbrush and he was gonna do it for forty five dollars. So I'm not real sure. Oh, how nice. That That's but nice. He was gonna do it. To do your fender with is that with with or without the fender on your car at the same time. <laughs> That's a great deal. 
forty-five dollars. <laughs> I wanted. I now I didn't know that these Halloween ones that Rude had on existed because those are pretty badass. Yeah, but I wanted good. the ones. I wanted the ones with the face on. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> right in crotch. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we talked about these guys went as Macho Man and Flair a few years back. We were at Caddy Joe's, and I mean, they're excellent costumes. They look the part. I mean, they've already they've already done this. They've though. done that part. It was just them we two. We stayed in character for a long I've time. I've always wanted those two to go as the killer bees with the bee masks. <laughs> well, you know, when they put them on. Len, remember, remember me telling you, I called. The, I, I forget the name of the place. You told me the name of the place High to go spots, for the right? Yeah, yep. I called them, dude, and they were they were gonna do it, but the trunks were a fortune. Yeah, that's right. Like, I do remember you saying that. Yeah, but that yeah, would have been like, great. Oh, man. Those <laughs> guys always want me. What? A lot of everybody always want me before I cut my hair. When I had my longer hair. Everybody yeah, wanted me who, who, Andre, who, who the was, giant. Okay. This is who they want me to go as in a singlet, and I was like, I'm not wearing. It's not very fun. I'm not going to wear a singlet to the kind but, of But Len, I totally forgot about like disco Andre the Giant or like whatever. Yeah, Western I was. Go, I would have went. I would have went with him like in that shirt and dress pants, like you went to Piper's yeah. pants. Like you're that jacket, like suit jacket, Andre. I don't or know what he, what that look was about, but I mean, I guess there's not many clothes that would fit the Giants. So no, it's whatever. more whatever he could find. But yeah, those guys, yeah, the Flair and Savage, they did. I'll try to get you. We'll get you a picture of it, Mike, so you can see it. They, it was great. They looked really good. They, they are great cosplayers. Obviously, they've had like Stormtroopers and Boba Fett and all this thing. They did. Um, what was that? What's the DJ's guy or the guys you guys had? Oh, Daft Punk. Daft, Daft Punk. Punk. Unbelievable. Daft Punk was unbelievable. The fucking helmets and shit. I'll go as Randy Anderson. Yeah, Mike's gonna go as Randy Pee Wee Anderson. Wear <laughs> 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 a little bow tie. Little bow tie. Yes. Blue see, shirt. Who's this? Referee, this is Terry Taylor. This is Terry Taylor. Referee. This is former, I mean, later known as the Red Rooster Terry Taylor. Wow. Still works at NXT <laughs> right now. He's one of NXT coaches. Very, very good All wrestling. All-star cast of refs, man. This show is well refed. Yeah, I'm not sure why. The, he, he's a special ref here because he's still a wrestler at this point. They're doing something. Um, well, he was calling it straight down the middle. Lenny. He was Remember, calling it straight down the middle. That's right. Right. That's right. You're right. He cut it straight down the middle, and it was a yeah. big opportunity for him. So I'll tell you what. Him, him and Flair have real similar hairstyles. Very popular style in 93. Right. That, feathered that, long, that yeah. feathered long hair. And uh, Rick Rude wins <laughs> this one by DQ to keep the International Heavyweight Championship. Oh, great pirate. But great, this is a really, really good match, actually. Probably one of the better matches on the card, if not the best. Um, so yeah, it was good. And then the main event actually was a spin the wheel, make the deal match. General Custer spun it earlier in the night with Vader. Vader won the right, he spun it. It ended up in a Texas death match, okay, between- <laughs> with, with some stipulations. Yeah, there's some stipulations <laughs> with Vader. He's rep Vader's manager at this point. I, I never didn't forget this. But I never really think about it. This is a great manager. Harley Race is manager at the time. Oh, I love God. that. Love oh, that. Buddy. He comes in to play. Establish himself. He comes in to play. I always liked him as King Harley Race after he won the King of the Ring. One of the best. It's King, but, but it's then the he King. takes on Cactus Jack. You know, everyone knows who Cactus Jack is. Mick Foley, one of his first personality. This is a Texas death match. And some of the stipulations in this match very interesting. First of all, the pins aren't a pin. Like, once you get a three count, then you get a 30-second rest period. 
okay? After that 30-second rest period, the ref starts to count to 10 to see if you can re get back up. That's the rule. That's a total of what? 40 seconds you get. Well, yeah, 43, <laughs> 43 I seconds. Guess. 43 yeah. seconds you have to recover from whatever happened. 43 happening. seconds. I mean, that's a long time <laughs> to recover in wrestling world, in the wrestling world. I mean, you know, it's crazy that that's the stipulation. But falls don't count. We forgot about that. Yeah, falls that's don't count at all. What falls don't count. Falls don't count at all. Like, you but they do. But you, For they, this to start the wrestling. To start to count. To start the other count. They count to start the other count. The three count. And then, you well, know, the, one, the one thing that I noticed about this match that, like, right off the bat, there was nothing death about it. Like, no. no, definitely. No. Like there was no, at no point in that match did I think to myself, these guys might die. No, I mean this, <laughs> no, this is one of the least death matches. This is like now, now fully. At the t you know, uh, Cactus what, Jack. What if Vader spun that and in the back, McMahon just looks at Foley. He's like, "Well, sorry, pal. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking me. You're dead. You're well, hey, man, you know why Vader won that match, though, man? You know why he won? Oh, I know he why. Was training, but well, he was training though so hard before the match. He was, he was, he was boxing the King in the back. Oh, dude, he was Betty. He was boxing with dude. The King had his hands up. Oh like, yeah, like they were boxing. Yeah, with. boxing. Oh, yeah, Vader yeah. Vader was getting ready while Cactus he was throwing. Playing. He was throwing haymakers. I'll tell you what. I'll Cactus make fun of this match as far as the stipulation because it's stupid and and whatever. And this isn't a very good main <laughs> event. However. No, I mean, I love both of these guys. Like, Foley's unbelievable. Like, you know, at this point, you weren't even sure if Foley was ever, you know, Cash Jack, what's he going to be? Is he going to be this just lunatic that gets beat up? You know, he'd lose a lot of matches back then. He was not really that big of a star at this point. And Vader, I love Vader forever. forever. I mean, he was so scary. I remember him in the AWA, in Vernon's AWA. And then when he came to WWF and he had that big helmet, remember that big fucking helmet he would wear out? And yeah. then it would like steam would smoke and shoot out of jet. That was fucking nuts. Vader was great. And in this match, Vader does a fucking moonsault, okay? Dude, and that's nuts. He's like 400 Vader pounds. Vader doing the moonsault was always the coolest thing to Also, me. I have no I idea how old Vader is in this match, but he looks 50. I mean, and he's doing a moonsault. And a moon it's salt. nuts. He's just so talented. One of them, and you know, travesty, a travesty. Vader is not in the WWE Hall of Fame, which is a fucking what? joke. Like, what is happening that Vader's not in the Hall of Fame? He's easily one of the best big men that's ever worked, ever. Must be easily. a beef. Must be a beef there somewhere. Yeah, there's got to be something, but v Vader needs to be in the WWE yeah, Hall of Fame. I mean, he's... It's time. Uh, it's time. Uh, probably the best big man of all time. You, you know, one of the most agile for sure. Him, he does, he don't spill grapes. He does. He's spilling a grape in his life. He eats every grape he comes in contact with. That's the difference between him and the Shockmaster. Former NFL star, Leon White, now Vader. High school football coach as well. He coached my buddy's uh, high school football team. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Vader. He's beating the living shit out of McFoley, a.k.a. Kansas Shockmaster. Oh, he crushes Foley. Steph. Oh, my God. Foley. I don't know. What, I don't know what Bischoff's role in booking was back then, but I think he might have been on the team because the end of this match comes down to uh, old, old – uh, Harley Race pulling out one of something that became very infamous later on an episode of Nitro. A little bit of a shock, a little stun gun, a little cattle prod type thing. And just it was a taser. It was taser a taser. Stuns. Goldberg was 
a cattle Gold prod. Bar- a whole a, different level. It of, was different of level, but the electricity weapon. very. Uh, Many think, more volts. I, I think that uh, Bischoff got, kept this idea from Halloween Havoc '93, he and he's like, "We're bringing it back." The way Harley Dude, raced, she, he like pulled it out from the apron in the in the ramp. <laughs> like he was so he like there. old and sl- like sly and slick about it. And just so. And he shot. Like, he like turned mess. it on for a second, and then he poked him with it. Yeah, and then he, he just went kept, he kept it playing it until totally he knew. Timed, yeah. He kept doing it, so Shivani was like, "What is that noise? Like, what's he got there?" You know. But he and, and I'll tell you what, Vader is bloody. He's a bloodied up right now, out in the crowd. His head split wide open. Uh, this guy that's cosplaying a sting in a white dress shirt has something to say about it. God. It's a real bad sting. No, Vader's blood real bad his sting white face splattered in Vader's blood. It's a great American bash <laughs> sting with that red, white, and blue. Get it out of here. But that's Halloween Havoc 93. We're going to do some more of these down the line. We're going to do a Survivor Series for Thanksgiving. Hopefully the Herzings can join us for that one. We'll do a, a Thanksgiving uh, Survivor Series from the past. Yes, we'll, that we'll, would be I'll, great. I'll let Mike pick it, or one of you guys. We'll figure it out. We'll pick just a, this. The reason we watched Halloween Havoc '93. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I was laying, getting ready to go to sleep, flipping through Peacock. What am I gonna watch? What am I gonna watch? And I was like, oh, I haven't seen a Halloween Havoc in a while. And I just put it on Halloween Havoc, and I looked at, the, and the picture is Vader versus Cactus Jack. So I was like, all right, I like that. I like both those guys. Started watching it. I instantly, very soon after, it was like, I bet this is going to be a terrible show. It's not a terrible <laughs> show. It's an all right show. But it's just, it's just so stark to see wrestling back then and now. Vader you know Bomb I mean? is a great finisher. Just by a the totally way. different. Oh, different. it's a great finisher. Oh yeah, Vader is so good. He's all the way to the top right now. He's right ready to try the top. A moonsault. Oh, that's a moonsault. Boom! Perfect. Yeah. Perfectly Vader Bomb executed. Was also good. Oh my goodness, unbelievable. But anyway, that's the breakdown of Halloween Havoc 93. We're going to take a real quick break. Then we're going to come back with all of our lists for the top three scariest gimmicks. We'll have some honorable uh, mentions, too. But yeah. we'll each give three. We'll get into yeah. it a little bit. So we'll be right back. Living room champs. Yeah. We just took a fall. Time for a 30-second. That's right. We, we just took, I just got pinned to three. Mike just pinned me three right here. I need a 30-second <laughs> rest period. <laughs> and then I'll be right back. Guys, welcome back. We just broke down 93 Halloween Havoc. It was an interesting time in wrestling. Some good, some bad, but a lot of fun for us four. Again, our guests here, the Herzing Twins, Dave and Darren. You might be able to tell them apart on the voice. You might not be able to. I can't. Same thing in real life. I thought I could before we started recording, and then once we got into recording, I could far <laughs> less tell them apart. So I'll just say them. They can say their names. They can't. doesn't matter. It's one of them. Just remember that whenever they're talking. So... This is a little easier because we're going to be doing a list, so we'll be talking a little bit less more one-on-one, but we're going to do our top five scariest wrestler slash gimmicks for Halloween, obviously. This is uh, this is done in honor of Halloween. <laughs> we're, um, we're just now wa- watching uh, Harley yeah, pull out the... Harley uh, just found that cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so top five scariest gimmicks wrestler slash 
Halloween. I'm going to start with guests as always. I'll let Darren go first. Darren, who do you got on your list at the number three? We'll do the top three. So, you know, it's funny when 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 I sat down and thought about like the scariest wrestlers. I was like, well, am I doing it more so like how a child would react, like a young kid watching it, like me watching it when I was a kid. Or am I doing it as an adult looking back at, or looking at guys now that sort of get that feeling of, ooh, wow, that, okay, right. makes you unsettle a little bit, right? So that's kind of where I'm at when I think scariest, you know? Right. So the first, and it's it's partly because I'm an adult now and I, I see wrestling from a different standpoint and how physical it is and how demanding it is and just being in the ring with somebody and how bad they could beat you up right. and convince you. And we sort of touched on it a bit with Vicious, but in a way, my my top five, my fifth one is Lesnar. It's Brock. Okay. He, to me, Brock, without a doubt, is just from his, when he was with Heyman, his intro, it's sort of in a weird way. It got a Tyson vibe to it. He doesn't have a lot of stuff going on. Comes to the ring. He's just yeah. so physical. No nonsense. The, yeah, when he's in the ring, it's just brutal. Like, the moves he does, he, he just puts so much power and energy behind him, and, he, and his body's so enormous and so strong. So, to me, he's he's number five for me. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to we were gonna cut it down to three for timing, Mike, but we can do five. We'll just go through it a little quicker. We'll just do five. It's not yeah, I got, I got five. I, I got five right up here, so we'll just yeah. do five. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, Dave, what do you got for five? <laughs> I Well, you know what? It, we'll, do, we'll do five, but these two... I put them as four and five interchangeably okay. because they are scary to little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, oh one, I mean, he, burnt, he basically he's his half brother, and he was burnt in a funeral home. Oh yeah. So I mean, Kane, and you know, with his political views, which are even scarier, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's like right, Glenn Jacobs' Kane. political views. You know, when you go after him on Twitter, that's even funnier. Yeah. But yeah. So I would put him. I put him at five. Um, I mean, it, I mean, his solution to everything was like burning. Yeah, fire. <laughs> like, he burnt Jim Ross, and then like he he shocked Michael's balls. That was like diff- you know, a little different. And then like he burnt who I forget who else he burned. Did he burn Undertaker? I thought he burned Undertaker. Probably. I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he probably <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. So like, yeah. So that was his solution. To everything. And then number four would just be Taker. And not much needs to be said. Anybody yeah. that's listening to this podcast knows anything as much as you can possibly know about undertaker right he 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 set the tone for that type of um you know wrestling style he's he's the mount rushmore of that yeah but um to me he was never i i never looked at him as wild i looking at it now it's pretty conventional but like so my my bottom three here are are much wilder in regards to being like the kind of stupid type of wrestling that i like yeah i got you like undertaker to me, is like the only guy probably that could have pulled off you taking that character seriously as like a scary guy. You know what I mean? Like now, if someone tried to do that, it would be so hokey and so weird. I mean, you'd yes. laugh about it and stuff. But there's no way you'd think like this guy is dangerous or whatever. But he actually did a great job of that. Um, 
Mike, what do you got as number five? What do you have at five? Those are great ones. Kane also, um, you could see Kane gr- climbing the corporate ladder to be the to be a mayor because he was corporate Kane. He was concessions Kane. I mean, <laughs> went up and, up and down the ladder, and uh, eventually now he's mayor Kane, and he's an asshole. Yeah, Brown knows his so way get lost. to the top. Brown knows his way right to the mayor. That's top. right. That's right. That's right. Mike, who do you got number five? Well, this guy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him scary. I don't know if he's necessarily scary. Scary to little kids. I look at him, and is that Muhammad Ali? It was in yeah. the ground. Oh my God, this is Halloween Havoc. What ninety four? <laughs> Anyways, this guy was a staple in WCW. He reminds me more of maybe a Scooby Doo type villain. Mm-hmm. The original chairman. Laparka. Oh, Laparka. Okay. Oh, very no. spooky. The way he moves, the way he meanders, his uh-huh. shuffle, his, his dance, his, yeah, and his suit. Yeah, his skull, skull. If you saw somebody in that suit, right? Yeah. In an alley, you'd be, it'd be scary for sure. It'd be terrified. It's kind of like what Daniel Larusso saw in Karate Kid. Whenever <laughs> all those kids were dressed up as, as uh, you know, Johnny, and everybody was dressed up as a skeleton. And they, they attacked Daniel Russo. Yeah. And Plus, there was no Miyagi around. Fight. You'd be fucked. You think uh, Halloween? What else do you think of? Pumpkins, skeletons, skeletons. Yeah. Witches. I mean, Laparka is cool. I like. I just like Laparka as a character, and I loved it in WCW when they gave him a little shine and they had him in that chair. And he was doing his dance. He was. was cru- he, I think he was technically a, cr- a cruiserweight. He was. Just by the he fact, was, he's from Mexico. He was, but he was very He was very yeah. yeah. He was an interesting guy. Though. I really liked him as a character. All right, it's my number five. Again, like Darren said, I agree with that. There's a lot of different ways to to interpret scary stuff like that. I kind of went more like just like gimmick heavy in the for the most part. But this guy had went through a various different gimmicks, so to speak. But one of the things that made him scary to me and still does to this day probably is he was renowned and known within the wrestling world as being a real life Satanist and that is Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster oh, uh, no. leader of the Dungeon Doom, Dungeon of Doom he supposedly is a Satanist, I don't know if that's true but that's always been the word um, there's also a lot of people uh, thought that he maybe he killed Chris Benoit's family and Benoit, that was a rumor at the time because his ex-wife obviously was Nancy Benoit that's uh, more serious than we need to get here. But Kevin Sullivan was always just a real weirdo, man. He was a weirdo. And Dungeon of Doom was a weird faction. And they were always, half of them were real dumb. And you were like, what is this guy? He's not scary at all. Then they'd bring in one that was kind of cool once in a while. It was just a weird, just a real weird guy, Kevin Sullivan. So that's who I got as my number Len, five. Len, I, Len, look, hey, I, we might as well do it for the sake of time. That's my number one. Oh, because, yeah. Dude, because, dude, listen, man. I mean, the guy was a devil worshiper and a cult leader. Yeah, okay? exactly. Like, dude, and little, uh, dude, do you remember? And, I, dude, I remember this because I always thought this was super funny. Dude, he, they, he dressed up as, like, an old lady, uh-huh. and he hit Hogan with a cane. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, and, so and he shaved Hogan's mustache. <laughs> 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 I do remember that now. That he, uh, he, he, the Dungeon Doom's whole purpose was to take out Hogan. Like he, they yeah, wanted right. Hogan. They, they hated Hulkamania. Oh, that was wow. their, that was their purpose. Now the best part of that is it temporarily made Hogan go to the dark side. That's right. After he shaved the mustache. <laughs> That's right. 
Before we let's start number four, I just gotta say, Mike, this continued playing on the Halloween Havoc '94, okay? And we're not listening to it or having no context or anything. But um, somebody's singing here. I didn't see who it was. Do you? I think maybe it looks like Uncle Jelly. Maybe it's Lily Greenwood. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're singing "Proud to Be American" or they're singing the national anthem. Everyone's standing. It's the national anthem. There's a picture of the Capitol behind them on the big screen. And then in the crowd, believe it or not, this is fucking astonishing. Halloween Havoc 94, front row, the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali, is in Halloween Havoc. I think that's Maya, Angel Maya Angelou. Is there too? I think Maya Angelou might be with him. This is unbelievable. I don't know what's happening. And the first match, he bring out the Honky Tonk And Honky Tonk Man, I don't even barely remember him being in WCW. He's coming down the aisle right now to lead off Halloween Havoc 94. Holy shit. Well, I know what we're doing next year, pal. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, what a weird thing that was. Back to, back to our list. Number four, Darren, what do you got? number four this one's a deep cut deep all right while we're on while we're on the topic of wcw depending on how you take it it's either super embarrassing for him but to me when i when i remember from it which bits and pieces but i remember that the the vignettes that were scary with these little kids at the window it's seven Oh, oh my god! Yes, what a pick! Love it! What a pick! Seven. Dustin Rose's best gimmick. We just talked about him. In the he hated movie. it, but I thought it was fucking awesome. It was so weird. Those kids at the window and his red eyes. Like oh, his entrance. Man. His entrance was so good too. He just floated to the ring. It was so cool. Yeah, it really was. It was. Like, yeah, he did float. That's it, a deep cut. That's a fantastic pick. That is that's that's awesome. a, that is a really deep cut. I like that one. I never even thought about that one, to be honest with you. Dave gave us his number four already. He's Undertaker. So we'll go to Mike real quick. Mike, what do you got number four? Hmm, let me look here. Uh, okay, this one. This one's a little personal, Len. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and I'm not really afraid of these things in general. But this guy really creeps me out. And there's one reason, and it's because I was at the Kersey Fair, I want to say 99, 2000, and this guy, for some reason when I go to wrestling shows, his heels just love to pick on me. Mm -hmm. they, they, I'm like a magnet, a heat magnet. Yeah, I, I can imagine, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, and Doink the Clown. Oh, okay. Son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> Doink the Clown, a creepy fuck. That yeah. evil Doink the Clown, man. Whenever yeah. that when that music got darker, that it was like real scary. Oh, yeah. Like a warped cassette. So I'm afraid of the guy. I think more so. I'm not afraid of clowns per se, but he's a creep. Some, he's I'm a real do creep. some research on this, honestly, because this is a fun fact. Doink the Clown that worked in this area that I've worked I worked wrestling shows with back in there. There was a guy that did, worked as Doink the Clown, and he was one of the Doinks on WWE after mate Matt Bourne left, who was the real Doink the Clown. They replaced him with a couple different ones. There's like three actual ones. One of them was a guy that I know personally and that I worked shows with. His name is T.C. Reynolds. He's out of Butler. He lives in Butler, PA. He probably did that. That's probably the one Mike's talking about. I don't know for sure, but honestly, it probably is. And the other fun fact about T.C. Reynolds and myself, <laughs> I did uh, color commentary and uh, you know play-by-play -play for some independent wrestling, uh, most notably Diamond Championship Wrestling, which that's the one I've talked about before. But before that, my very first gig, very first gig, was I did play-by-play, -play and T.C. Reynolds did color 
for APWF, Allied Powers Wrestling Federation. They had a show um, down in Sharon, PA, and I did it. That's the first time I've ever did it, and I did it with T.C. Reynolds, who was one of the WWE, WWF doinks, who scared Mike and Kane. <laughs> Kane, PA, not, not Kane, the wrestler. It's coming full circle. It's all coming full circle. Me. It came, it seven coming out, and he came seven degrees yeah. of L.A. Diamond. Yeah. Anyway, um, so my number four... I have a couple here I want to do. I just don't. I don't want to lose one of these guys because I want to really talk about them. But I'm going to go with my number four. I'm going to go with the Boogeyman as number four. Okay. <laughs> Former WWE oh, yeah. guy, Marty Wright, real name. The Boogeyman was just great. What a great gimmick. He looks like he can still he's, go. He's, he's still jacked. Ripped to shreds. They bring him out. They just roll him out every Halloween <laughs> or something. He comes out with a bunch of worms in his mouth. He's in the warehouse. The WWE warehouse. Exactly. It's the fucking WrestleMania set or exactly. something. Exactly. I love the Boogeyman, though. Like I, When they first introduced them, and it was like, I'm the Boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. And like that, those vignettes were awesome. And I, at first, obviously, it was a real serious character who's going to be dangerous. I really liked it. I don't know what why they, it fell out of favor. But then it turned into kind of a comedy gimmick, and he was great at that, too. I love the Boogeyman, so that's my number four. got to have a Boogeyman on your top five scariest anything list. So there you go. Number three, Darren, who you got at number three? My number three pick, it's largely because when I was little, uh, you guys obviously remember Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I'm sure you of course, have you uh, know, yeah. bought a zillion issues. But some of those pictures were always pretty cool. And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Some of the a lot of gruesome picks, a lot of bloodied up picks. Yeah. A lot of gruesome, bloody picks. And this guy always freaked me out because he at least, it always seemed like he was doing it to the blonde guys. Because I think Pro Wrestling Illustrated knew that it looked better in the blonde hair Absolutely, than yeah. else. Abdul the Butcher oh, yeah. is, for me, super scary because when I was little, those pictures where he was beating up everybody and, like, forking them or whatever he was doing. Yeah. Oh, man. The fork, yeah. A regular fork that you eat with. That was his weapon of choice. I love Abdul the Butcher. He's on, he's one of my li- on list here. And um, absolutely one of my favorites of all time, uh, Abdul the Butcher. That's why I wasn't sure I was going to put him on the scare list because he was scary, but I liked him so much that it just, I just, he wasn't really like scary to me. But I love yeah, to me Abdullah. he freaked out like those pictures. Yeah, I, I met Abdullah. Yeah. Got a picture with Abdullah and uh, Butler, PA, one time when he was working Night of Legends up there for IWC, and uh, just great. I mean, he has this forehead's all scarred up. The fork is a great, great foreign object. I mean, it didn't make our list because it's a fucking fork, but it, for Abdullah, it was devastating. And he couldn't move around real well then. He was probably, you know, 400 pounds. He's probably in his 60s. Also, fun fact about Abdullah, I don't know if this is still true, but he used to own a restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia. This is recently, it's probably 10 years ago. Abdullah's house of ribs and Chinese food is what it was called. They served barbecue and Chinese food. That's true. Look it up. Abdullah's house of ribs and Chinese food is what it was called. So that's, I would hope it would be like a meat market or something. That seems scary to me. Oh, sort of. That that's the restaurant you decided to open after you retired. But anyway, number three, Dave, what do you got at number three? Uh, I'm going with New School. Um, I'm doing it because my daughter doesn't like him at all, and when he's on, we have to turn it or have her tell her that he's coming. Is the fiend? Oh yeah, uh, he ain't the, coming the anymore. Yeah, she's, no, safe. No, she's safe for all now. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. But um, 
he, uh, you know, first of all, th- th- I don't know what they were doing with him. Um, completely messed him up. Yeah. Uh, but his, I mean, you know, you look at what he did when he was in WWE. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, his storylines were, were, were just, inc- I mean, they were really incredible. It's so <laughs> creative. Um, you know, and I mean, some were a little out there. That, that Cena gimmick I wasn't a huge fan of when he, like, scared Cena. But, like, the other stuff, I mean, he was just amazing. Yeah, Bray, so, Bray and, and his mask was, is the be- His mask is the best mask in wrestling history, I mean, as far as the look. Yeah. It's just so awesome. Yeah, Bray is amazing. He, Wyndham Rotunda, real-life name, Wyndham Rotunda, probably going to sign somewhere. In fact, we haven't talked a lot of, like, recent wrestling lately. We've been doing more programs like this. But I just reading... He yesterday wrote two days on his Twitter. Today wrote one day. Tomorrow is when his uh, no compete clause day uh, runs out. Obviously, yeah. Rampage for AEW and SmackDown both on Friday. So there's a lot of speculation. Boy. Could he show up? I would love to see him back on SmackDown. One of the best wrestling minds. One of the biggest mistakes made of this recent uh, moves by WWE is letting Bray Wyatt out of their hands. In my no opinion, doubt. Um, I love. I actually think Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family is probably one of the scariest gimmicks ever, too. And the cult, like, yeah. yeah. And um, I actually I loved the the match with him and Cena at WrestleMania, the, like, career retrospective type thing. And the, um, you know, the Funhouse match. It was just so different. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a match, obviously. It was different. It was really, yeah. it, was, it was one of the most creative things I've seen in the past 15 years. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was just so... A- yeah, he's very a, strange. So creative, and then I love what he did with Alexa Bliss before he left, and he had her like under control. She's continued that. She was really good in that role. But hey, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Um, the Fiend is a great mask, great look, everything about it. Mike, what do you got, number three? This is deep cut, Lynn. This is pretty deep. Yeah. All right. Well, I believe this guy was in the uh, Kevin Sol- Kevin Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom at one point under a different name. But talk about uh, a myth. Mythol, you know, you talk about mm-hmm. mythology. Yeah, this is this is one of the ones you think of immediately. That's the Mantar. Oh yeah, Mantar. What a gimmick! What a gimmick the Mantar is. I mean, I started I started looking back and some. I watched his debut, which we're watching right now in the background, and fucking hilarious. Dude, for the mask scary. that he wears, like the, the headdress head. he wears, it's like a fucking sports team he mask leans, on He leans head. into it so bad. I love it. Just. It's like it I don't has think to he weigh did 50 much. pounds. He wasn't man. around very long, but talk about scary. No, sorry. <laughs> just a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea for a gimmick. Just a horrible thing. The head is like probably like the mascot head for the Buffalo Bills. Like if they like wanted to have a mascot, that's what it would look like. A Mantar. It was so yeah, stupid. Do yourself a favor and, and YouTube uh, Mantar debut. Yeah. Uh, superstars. Oh, big power slam. <laughs> that's going to be it. That's going to be it for this guy. Anyway, Mantar. Look in the crowd's face. You're just like, what the fuck is this? My number three <laughs> is going to be um, a guy that oh, I mean I like this guy so much. Again, another guy that just recently passed away, which is sad. Um, but Kamala is my number three. I love Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Obviously, a very like stereotypical gimmick at this point. And if you look back, it's kind of sad that that's the only way they know how to do these guys. Jim Harris's name is just a regular guy from from America, obviously. But Abdullah, I'm sorry, not Abdullah, but um, Kamala, the Ugandan giant. A savage from Uganda, very easy to, to do. They had kimchi or 
Uh, what was the other manager's name? I forget it off the top of my head. But he was the little masked manager, safari hat, whatever. And <laughs> Kim Chi. Kim Chi was his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And one of the one of the best promos ever behind the scenes with Mean Gene. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah, just a hilarious outtake pre- preview where Mean Gene's just I look at you have to look it up, Mean Gene and Kamala, and he's asking him where the hell he's been. He's like, Where you been? You know, you gotta work in St. Louis, Missouri tomorrow, whatever, and Kamala's Try not to laugh. It's the best. It's the best. Mean Gene is a fucking treasure. I'll tell you that right now. But I got Kamala number three. Number two, Darren. What do you got? Uh, this one. This one actually for me was in a way. It, it, if I'm if I'm thinking about like people that are big influencers on other generations, I would think like in some respects, like the the Wyatt family. You know their whole yeah. motif. And their whole promos and all those things they did with the weird editing and, you know, bugs and moths yeah, and yeah. weird, like, Blair Witchy kind of stuff. It's got to come from Mankind. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. when Mankind did that, I don't think anybody up to that point had got into those real dark places where he would be sitting in corners and, you know, being like a actually crazy person mm-hmm. in a straight jacket or you know, just but when I remember watching those promos, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, but it was weird. Like he really sold it. Like, oh my god! Was, like he was sitting down there, all huddled up, and his body language was all like off, and his mask was just. Now D said the fiend's the greatest mask in history. I think Mankind's mask is the greatest oh, mask. Yeah. In you know what? I love that. I love Mankind's mask. I agree with you. It's so cool. It's like simple but cool. And the the, mm-hmm. the way they like when they had it's just awesome. And I agree with you. Mankind was on as one of my guys. I had wrote down here too because he was so, well. He's a genius. Obviously, one of the smartest yeah. minds in wrestling history. But and he would rip his hair out down there in the yeah, boiler room. Be pulling his hair out, and he had part of it shaved and. And um, the, his voice, obviously, like his voice, yeah. the whiny voice, and it was just, I mean, Heal Mankind was one of my all-time favorites. When he debuted and, like, mm-hmm. took it to The Undertaker, Paul Baird turned on The Undertaker, went, he had Mankind, the evil Mankind, before he later went on to be the fun-loving Mankind, but and the corporate mm-hmm. Mankind, that was great, too, with the dress shirt, the tie, <laughs> was hilarious. Foley can do anything. Foley's a fucking If you've master, never had the chance, but, read any of the books that he's, he's written. Yeah. He's a very well-spoken oh, yeah. guy and one of the kindest. Yeah. He lo- he's, loves Christmas. He has a whole room in his house devoted to Christmas. Yeah. So he has reality, the Santa Claus uh, documentary yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. the human being is uh, is anything but scary. No, not scary at all, but, man, but he could turn it on any time. In fact, Cactus Jack from the last paper we just talked about, he did a kind of similar promo where he's sitting in the locker room, you know, and he's, yeah. he's real like creepy. Very time. creepy, very yeah. creepy. Who do you got number two, David? Yeah. I, we met him again. He was phenomenal. Uh, he, I, I talked to him for a little while about this gimmick. He just said it was something he thought of and it stuck. Buddy, I loved him and I loved the brood. Gangrel, baby. Oh, yeah. Gangrel what a was, he was so, He was so great. Edge and Christian were great in, in the brood as well. Mm-hmm. But, dude, they're out there giving, they're out there giving blood baths. I mean, it, dude, he was phenomenal. And his buddy, when, he, when you talk about selling a character... He sold a vampire. Oh my I mean, god! Yeah, that, that. that character, a vampire. that faction was one of the best, most innovative things they done. They did at the time. The music, still to this day, one of the greatest theme songs, which we will have a greatest themes at some point. 
uh, yeah, list for sure. Broods, amazing entrance. Broods entrance theme and entrance in general coming up from the flames through the ground. And Edge used it this year when he was going back to his uh, roots there. But, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Gangrel, awesome. I just watched, speaking of Dark Side of the Ring last week, theirs was on Luna Vachon, which is his real-life wife. And he, he's on there, and he talks a lot about it. Also, I don't know if she's on anybody's list, but Luna Vachon was scarier than fuck. She seemed real. Like, she seemed like everything she did was real, like she was a dangerous person. I thought just to give her a shout-out posthumously. But, um, yeah, I love Gangrel. Who do you got number two, Mike? <laughs> I was just going to say Gangrel sucks. Yeah. Because he's a vampire. Because he's a vampire. Of course. <laughs> Madcap Mike. Madcap Mike, we call him. Yeah, we're madcapping over here. <laughs> Stole my thunder. First of all, Gangrel was going to be my number one. Great call. Love it. Big yeah. brood guy. I love the brood. Gangrel, that, that theme, everything about him. I mean, come on. The blood. Yeah, it's awesome. Amazing. So he was going to be my number one, but now i got to call an audible here. The rest of my list, which is it's falling apart. <laughs> and Len, you just stole it right out of the ne next breath. You took it right out. Luna Vachon, I'm going to get a little diverse and include a scary woman on it. And wow. I think she takes the cake. Well worth it. You know, a, a, a sordid well history with, with Bam Bam. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I think she was the first female character in a, in a WWE video game, by the way. For, yeah, in true. WWE Raw true. for Super Nintendo. That's true. Uh, she said that. It was in that documentary. It I was. Went. It was. Dark side. I, I distinctly remember that, so I always had a thing for Luna. Always thought she was a little crazy, you know, but she had a she had a pretty good run in the Fed. Yeah, she was good, and, and uh, I watched that Dark Side, and they talked a lot about it. And back then, the girls just were, it was transition to divas, so they had all the you know bra and panties, and they had all these, and like that's not Luna. She wanted to be a real wrestler, and she could really fucking wrestle, but that wasn't what they were looking for back then. So she kind of got stuck as like a manager to Bam Bam, you know, here and there bouncing around. But Luna Vachon, super talented, great pick, great pick. Uh, my number two, and also a gold dust, uh, yeah, gold dust as, as well. well. Yes, absolutely. She managed some great people. She did. Um, my number two is going to be uh, a group instead of an individual here, um, and that's going to be the Ministry of Darkness. Wow, led by the Undertaker. To me, the Ministry of Darkness is my favorite Undertaker. It's one of my favorite things that WWE did in the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years. I love the Ministry of Darkness. I love them kidnapping Stephanie. I love them putting people up on the Undertaker symbol. Um, you had the APA originated there. You had Big V, Big Viscera, Mabel, one of my favorite guys. You had Midian. You had, I mean, it was just a great group. A big boss man on the dark side. I mean, it was a great man. group. And, but... The corporate minute and the whole that whole ministry, thing, the corporate, corporate ministry, ministry the corporation, it was me whole. all along. Vince the proclaimed yeah. later. Stephanie kidnapped Stephanie on the <laughs> on the cross on the sign, and then who comes to save her? None other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was me all along, McMahon. Yeah. Wow, that's so good awesome. old fashioned wrestling jank. Fucking awesome you know, wrestling. I wish it. Vince McMahon still had that in his. 77 year old brain to come out with now i don't think he does unfortunately yeah. so we don't get that kind love of stuff that carny but shit. ministry of darkness fantastic love it darren what do you have number one this is number one my number one is something that actually kind of scares me personally oh boy. i didn't realize it at, i didn't realize it at the time when you're little you just you know you're like uh oh, not even little i mean you know high school age you didn't quite realize what scared you. You just knew you didn't like certain things, right? Yeah. And as a grown-up, I don't like this kind of stuff at all. It bothers me. I can't stand it. it it's like 
not cool at all to me, and it's voodoo. And oh, it's yeah. Papa Shango. Oh. And, like, he, dude, he had that skull, and he's, like, oh. he walked him out. He, people, like, barf with a green arm. Like, oh, I'm going like, to join in with Darren here because he's actually my number one, too, and I'm not changing it because I love Papa Shango. One oh, of the so best great. gimmicks ever made they totally fell short they could have done so much more with it i mean it was fantastic make the uh, made the all the water he's spewing black goo from his head from his like you know <laughs> fiend just reused that at wrestlemania whenever alexa bliss was coming the black goo out of her hair it's not kind of a throwback to shango um shango one of the best him he was shango kama mustafa the godfather i mean he was great in every single role charles right yeah the, i mean the guy's very underrated but papa shango to me is the best of all he tells a story on broken skull sessions with stone cold how they almost brought it back they they wanted to bring it back as a much darker character a few years later Ooh, okay like and i would have been totally into that like can I you imagine that. oh yeah. my god that would have been great but yeah voodoo is a weird weird as shit there's no doubt about it you don't know enough about it so anything you don't know about it, you're usually pretty scared of a lot of times afraid of, yeah. <laughs> absolutely so I, he's my number one That's and darren's one. number one dave who do you got numero uno well, my number one was on your list too. It was the Taskmaster oh, yeah, because yeah. of how devious he was. But like, I I did some digging and I wanted to see because I remember when I was watching this, like like you said, Len, here a few minutes ago, there were so many people in the Dungeon of Doom. Yes, like they just brought people out. Well, dude, like you think of some of the names that were in the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Like I wrote some of them down, dude. One Man Gang was in the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, right. Zodiac. Yep, beef, yeah, exactly. Barbarian. Barbarian, was in it. yeah. Lex Luger was in it. Kamala was in it. Can, Jimmy the shark, was Tenta. In it. Yep. Fucking John yeah. Tenta. I mean, Earthquake. Unbelievable. Tenta. That's right. Dude, the giant was in it. The giant, right? yeah. That's that's right. Dude, he, I mean, think about it. He had all these guys under his control. That's right. Dangerous. <laughs> I mean, the Yeti. They, buddy, listen. Remember the Yeti? I do remember the Yeti. He had the Yeti under his control. <laughs> the Yeti is my number one. <laughs> also known as Reese. No, no, he's not. <clears throat> also buddy. known as but Reese from Raven's Vlog. You know what else he had under his control? Yeti was actually a mummy. Who was it? He gangsta. Who was? Oh. Z Gangster. Z Gangster, that's right. Tiny Lister. Z Gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's the best. Fucking Tiny Lister. <laughs> Zeus. Z Gangster. Zeus, buddy. One of the Listen, best. He had Zeus under his control. I forgot about oh, that. Man. That's a great one. That is no a great one. Oh, man. What a No Holds Barred. We should, we'll have to do a rewatch of No Holds Barred. That's one of the worst fucking movies you'll ever see. So and, it's horrendous. It's so bad. I mean, Hogan's acting. Holy shit. And you know, <laughs> Zeus isn't a lot better, but oh, my God, Hogan. Unbelievable. All right, Mike. It's down to you. Well, my, no. one, my number one was the Yeti. Okay. I thought you were going to name the whole Dungeon of Doom and not name him, and then you had to throw him out. I had to throw him out. That would have been the perfect segue. Yeah. Uh, but no, the Yeti, uh, who was actually a mummy, yeah. I, I believe yeah. exactly. No, so. no, no. Wait. Wait. No. no. The, there was a mummy, too, I think. Or maybe the Yeti was a mummy. You Yeti might be right. Mummy. I think you're right. I don't even know. It was a bad time. Yeah. yeah. That, also known as Reese, who yeah. was in another. I'll also, kind of slide also them in there. known as Vanilla Gorilla. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I never heard of that. I'm, now I'm interested. Mike, I'm Mike, back fun in fact the, about Mike, he is a huge fan of Raven's Flock. Raven's Flock. Particularly Reese, who was the big man in Raven's Flock. Just overlooked that the Raven's Flock, I think, is. They're not really scary. No. Angsty. They're angsty. There's, it's kind of scary. Yeah, but but they're an underrated uh, faction, Absolutely. for sure. We I ever love, talk about factions, they'll probably be my number one. Yeah, they'll be in there. I love Raven, period. But the Yeti, corny as shit. Dungeon of Doom. I believe he was a mummy. Actually, <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, yeah. But it, that's it. That's the list. Mine Dominated by the Dungeon that, of Doom. Man. Yeah, it was also oh. Papa Shango. So two out of four of us got it right. We got Papa Shango number one. These other two guys, <laughs> what the fuck they're talking about? But we still have fun talking about it nonetheless. Uh, so anyway, that's it. That's what we're going to talk about this week on the Squared Sofa. Remember, please email us at livingroomchamps at gmail.com you can tweet us obviously at LRC pod you can go to the website you can call Mike if you have his number uh, you can do whatever you want just get in contact with us like us share us uh, rate the podcast on Apple pods you can write a review all that stuff helps us whatever We're trying to get more listeners we enjoy ourselves doing this. We're going to do it whether any people listen or not. That's the bottom line. So just more of you should just listen because it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And Herzings, thank you guys so much for coming thank you, Darren on. Thank you, Darren and Dave. Oh, you're oh, welcome, thank you. dude. Thanks for the invite. This is always a blast. You guys have been awesome. We'll be in touch you, about it in the future episodes, obviously, for sure. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And that's it. Living Room Champs, out. Out.